Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass as well as the automotive and social media worlds. I am your host Sam from that YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and alongside me it is of course Mr. Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. It is. Hello. How are you doing son? All right mate. You've had a busy day haven't you? Extremely yeah. Travelling all around the country. What time is it now? Selling whips. It is 7.21 in the evening. Okay so... This is hour 15. Hour 15 of your day. Yeah. You're like um, Kevin Hart or Dwayne The Rock Johnson when they go to be successful. Oh, I'm a machine, aren't I? You don't sleep. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so glad that you've graced us now with our presence because we are back with another episode. We have a lot to discuss today because finally we are getting around to it. Maybe our most controversial episode to date. Let's wait and see. But it is, it is the McLaren Special. I'm not going to go in. I'm just going to tell the truth. You're going to try not to go in. Um, we have done a Ferrari special. We have done a Porsche special. And we've done a Lamborghini special. Did we do the Porsche special? No. No. Sorry. You wouldn't let me. Coming Cause, soon. Because you, you said the Porsche special. There's no point you being here. No, exactly. You just monologue for an hour and a half about GT3 RSs. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean it is fair that you're not here. Because you think GT2 RS is four-wheel drive. Oh, let's not go into that again. <laughs> If you missed last week's episode, go back and check it out to hear me make a complete fool of myself and claim that the GT2 RS was four-wheel drive. But he did, to be fair, correct himself and he put his hands up, so don't go on in too much. I apologise as much as I could. Um, but yes, this is now our McLaren special. Before we get into that, very excitingly, and off the back of last week's episode, we can now launch our Patreon. <gasps> this is it. This is... I was amazed. I was reading some of the comments and I was amazed the amount of people that actually like us. <laughs> so am I, if I'm honest. It's always uh, quite nice to see. Uh, mainly the support is for you, I'll be honest. I do think no. I'm a bit of a spare part on this podcast. Um, your, your laugh seems to be the most popular thing on this channel. Uh, yeah. um, but yes, uh, unbelievably, we kind of almost came up with it last week. Is this by accident? The thought of a Patreon, a way for you guys to support this podcast, get involved with this podcast. And the feedback was so strong and so good that we thought, heck, let's just, let's just launch it. Now, it's important to say that we will continue producing these podcasts no matter what. We love doing love it. Love doing them. But as mentioned in our previous episode, financially at the moment, it's not the most sort of viable or 
motivating thing that we do. Uh, and lots of you said that you'd be willing to sort of, you know, get involved, help pay for the rent of studios like this, increase our production quality, bring in an editor, maybe some graphics, some B-roll. People always want B-roll. Yeah, they do. Yeah. You know, so all of these different elements, you know, a patron will help us to do that. So if you don't know what Patreon is, it basically allows you, the viewer, to get involved with the podcast at varying levels, starting from £5 a month, going up to £35 a month. Depending on what stage you kind of become a patron of this podcast, you can get involved with live Q&As that Tony and I are going to do. You can get merchandise. You can come on the podcast, whether that's literally physically in the room or via a dial-in. Um, it just depends what you want to do. You don't have to do anything. You can just keep sitting there and enjoying the podcast for free. Yeah, You don't yeah, have to yeah. become a patron, but for those of you that might want to, or might want to support this podcast. We love you. We adore you for doing so. And I promise any money raised by the Patreon is going to go straight back into the production of this podcast. Yeah, because what we raise honestly won't won't probably be enough to support us anyway. So no, no. Yeah, it's exactly. not going to be life-changing. <laughs> We're not going to be recording in Marbella from our villa. No. No. <laughs> I think instead, as I say, hopefully some nice graphics and some slightly better editing, uh, some filming, some more cameras, things like that. So anyway, I'll put a link below if you want to check it out. I think it's patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. I might have got that wrong. Uh, so check out uh, our social media pages. We'll be uh, promoting that over the you days You know what? I'm glad come. we're going to do it as well. Because the main thing is, because it's not about the money, it's about giving something back well, to, yes. to everyone that watches us. Because a lot of people do watch us. And and um, just very quickly, um, over the last few weeks, I've met quite a lot of these people and I've bought their cars. And do you know what? They've all been an absolute pleasure to deal with. All real nice people. The car's... They're, obviously, because they're all enthusiasts, all the cars have been lovely. Um, and I'm going to shout out a li- little lad called Max. Okay. Uh, watches the podcast with his dad. And he was amazed that I come up and collected his dad's car. So Go on, Max. Hello, Max. Go on, Max. You're a legend. Um, but no, you're so right. And we've actually spoken about this off podcast before. Now, don't tell the others, but I actually prefer podcast audience to my main channel audience because because <laughs> you guys I very awkward uh, because you guys are loyal like that you you come back every episode we love the engagement we love reading your comments we love it when you correct us when we say something wrong um, <laughs> which is all the time we love your suggestions of topics you know it's just a great interaction and the patron I think will enable that to go a level further for those of you that want it as I say interactive Q&As being able to suggest topics being able to come on the show etc etc but also get hold of exclusive merchandise and even come to our live recordings when we can finally get back out and do them yeah yeah um and so yeah that's why we kind of want to reward you because don't get me wrong i love the main channel audience but they're very varied they come and go i get new ones here and there they don't always know what's going on whilst you guys don't miss a trick no they don't when i filmed my or when i released the 458 video this week i did have some guys from the podcast being like uh last week sam you slagged off this car why are you now being so nice about it on the on the main channel um because i record these podcasts after filming i often have more thoughts post-filming yeah, yeah. and I make realisations. Um, anyway, yes, we love you. Thank you for the support. Uh, Patreon, go check it out. Now, before we move on to McLaren, I can see you foaming at the mouth, Tony. So excited. Ready to, ready, oh yeah, <laughs> Probably true. Um, I just want to quickly touch on the fact that, I don't know if you saw this because this kind of came out today, Geneva International Motor Show cancelled for 2021 yeah. next year and now for sale. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's that then. That's, that's that, that, isn't now. it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, at I the end so. of the motor show, I think, uh, the most prestigious, arguably, uh, international motor show of the year, Geneva, got cancelled earlier this year because of coronavirus. However, already a number of big name manufacturers had pulled out of that event because they charged tens of millions of euros to have a stand, to have presence at Geneva. And most manufacturers were like, eh, jog on, I'm over it. Yeah, yeah. And now with Corona, I think most other manufacturers realise, well, there's just literally no point. We're, yeah. we're better off launching things online. So yeah, we're both in agreement there, aren't we? That's, yeah, yeah. That's probably a massive change in the way that cars are launched. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see um, Festival Speed. What happens with that going forward? I'm not going to say anything yet because I don't want to jump the gun. You know something? Yeah, I do know lots. <laughs> but I think it would be wrong placed to talk about it just now. Okay, fine. Um, but yes, I, I also worry. And knowing what I know, I, I worry quite greatly. Because it's uh, expensive as well. It's oh very expensive. Oh my God. Yeah, it yeah. is, you know, I know it happens on a very nice estate, but and it looks fantastic, but don't always think that that doesn't mean it doesn't cost yeah, a bomb. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, let's come back to that in a few weeks' time when hopefully I'll have some more information that I'm allowed to share with you. But uh, anyway, I think it's time. Enough preamble. We should get into it. <laughs> so... Our McLaren special. I don't quite know why I'm going to title this podcast, but it's probably going to be something along the lines of like, what went wrong? Or like, why? Or where do, do we start? Yeah, <laughs> that too. Well, let's start. Let's start on a positive note. So McLaren, both of us, can we just clarify, are experienced in McLaren ownership and McLaren cars. Correct. I think between us, we've probably driven most McLaren models. Yeah. Um, but yes, you, drove a, you owned a 570S, I owned a 540C. And I think... A few years ago, we were both pretty positive about the brand, especially during the My or F-Type replacement series. And when we were both owners of the cars, we were talking about how great they were. We went on that supercar driver's trip to Scotland. We've got the best cars here. We love our cars. But then the audience really started to pick up on the fact that sort of six months on from selling our cars, which again, we both kind of did at a similar time, we started to talk about the brand in a bit of a negative way. And I've dilly-dallied and I've had positive moments. I've had negative moments, but I think at this point, it's quite a regular theme of our show that we're a little bit negative about McLaren yeah. cars. Yeah. So, as I say, let's focus on the positive. When McLaren came along with the 12C, what were your initial thoughts? That's fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had were a 12C you excited? Spider. You had, had a 12C Spider. I had a 12C Spider. I never uh, knew that. Black one, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, it, was, it was stock, but, sure. but I, I bought it you to used sell it. it and yeah. I, I used it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, four five eight rival at the time, of course. Not not even close in terms of comparison, performance, engineering. In every way, it was better than the four five eight in terms of the way it was mechanically built. Um, but that was where it ended very quickly. <laughs> I think it became general knowledge very quickly that whilst McLarens were unbelievably quick and arguably better than Ferraris and even Porsches and definitely Lambos at the time, they were potentially boring. They missed something. They missed something. And yeah. I think Top Gear kind of didn't help with this factor because I think they sort of said it sounded like a vacuum cleaner and, you know, it was a little bit cold, and a little bit grey. And also the looks of the car. The 12C, which I actually think has aged incredibly well. I'm actually a big fan of the 12C now. But when it came out, in comparison to Gallardo's 458s, then later Huracans, GT3s, etc., it looked dull. It looked yeah, boxy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But now it's aged well and I actually see a lot of McLaren F1 in the car, so it kind of makes a bit more sense. 
But so, so early on, I was kind of with you. Like I was excited theoretically, like quick, why this is interesting, British brand, Lewis Hamilton was driving for McLaren. I was a massive fan. I was like, this is cool. But I wasn't like, I would get one instead of a Ferrari, but I was intrigued. Then 650S came along pretty quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> like a year, two years, two years <laughs> after? Two and, years. Yeah, two. And, and that was confusing, but also rewarding in the sense that it looked much better. It looked like a supercar, but it was fundamentally the same car with different bumpers. Yeah. And that was the first hint, I think, at what McLaren was going to become. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, sound a bit more enthusiastic. You're just waiting to get to the point where you can actually rip them apart, but we've got to no, go no, through no. the chapters here. Because I've got some positive things to okay. say as well. 650S, I think, was a good step forward. It, as I say, it made the brand a little bit more sexy, a little bit more attractive. Shmi 150, big McLaren ambassador, got one in green after his 12C. And it's like, okay, this is, this is cool. This is getting exciting. And then, I mean, we haven't touched on P1. We've got to come back to that. 675LT came out. And for me, that's when I personally went, okay, this is now McLaren have arrived. I am super excited by McLaren because this was a car that most journalists were saying was better than the Speciale, which I was like, oh, there's a dagger to my heart, but I, I, I will accept <laughs> cannot it. cannot be true. It cannot be true. Blasphemy. Um, but it looked great. Sounded amazing. Was exciting. Everyone was getting so hyped about it. Baby P1 that they were describing. And for me, that was my turning point. Was it, was it the same for you? Um, so my, my initial opinion of McLaren is that I, th I think they actually shook up the supercar world and made all the other manufacturers st step up and look at what they were producing and think we need to do better because this little English brand have come along and they've, they're producing these cars. Look, Let's be honest, on the face of them, what unbelievable. The, the the performance stats, the carbon tub, never really seen in a road car before. Um, the Mass-produced road car. Mass-produced road car, yeah, for sure. Um, and and the, the, the how light they were, um, their handling, obviously it's all down to the tub, um, the, the gearbox, um, the aero, every, everything. It, it was all game-changing. And... And I, that's how I think they changed the supercar world. Because and, they, and they're usable. I mean, yeah. you know, like all of the things you said, but, but they were just so easy to live with. They were, the ride was unbelievably comfortable. Yeah. Wasn't too harsh. Around town, easy to manoeuvre. Quiet enough not to wake up the neighbours every time you started it up. Big boots, great big front boots. Practical. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, I spoke about in my 458 video that that kind of moved move the supercar world forward, but the 12C and 650S massively did so as well. And they were clean inside. It was all, but okay, the sat-nav didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that iris system was a disaster, wasn't but it? But back then, mate, sat-navs didn't work in any of them. Sure, I mean, I mean they sure. Were, they, were, they were bad. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you didn't have a lot to compare it to in that respect. Um, but but yeah, and then, and then the problems started. Well, okay, well, you, you hint at this. We, we need to go through sort of, I guess, what those problems would be. And we're going to come back to the P1 because there's a whole sort of separate narrative around that car. But I would say around the 675LT, whilst I was getting super hyped and excited by it, that's when I first started to become aware of the fact that some of the cars did have a few glitches and issues. And Shmi 150 obviously had his blue car, which uh, whilst we were down in Monaco with him, had a couple of little bits and bobs here and there. 
nothing major, but no, just, no, you no. know, stuff that was annoying that I was picking up on and going, oh, like, that's not right. That's not right. Um, and then another friend of mine, again, had a 650S, had a few glitches, but I just thought, okay, why well, not really a big, big problem. For me, it was 720S that highlighted the issues. Now, we both bought our cars, I think, pre-720S. We did, yeah. So when the Sport Series came out, that's I got so hyped because there were those 675 RTs, 650Ss that I was you know, going, oh, these are so cool. And suddenly it was a bit more accessible. Basically a baby version of those cars, especially with the 540C that I could potentially get into. And I think that was exciting. But at that point, we had no idea what was in store for us, I suppose. Well, what happened with the Sport Series? Obviously, they launched the Sport Series um, one for affordability, and two because they said that they sorted out all these problems, and that this was this was the car, this was the sweet spot. I will never buy another McLaren again, me personally. But if I was, it would be a six seven five LT. I think that's the best car they've ever made, and I think it always will be. In terms of, it's not. It is the most reliable, if you can say a McLaren is reliable. And I know there's going to be people shouting at me and saying, oh, I've had a McLaren for three years and I've never had any problem. You are a minority. A hundred percent you're a minority. And we have so many different stories and things that we've seen and heard that we can back that up with. So Yeah, no, no. Uh, and, you know, we'll we'll elaborate on that in a second, I think, when we move on to 720S and, and our own experience with our own cars. But you're right. And we're sort of hopping around all over the place here, but that's just because there's so much to discuss with yeah. this brand. And you're so right that I still lust after an LT. I, w- I would definitely, if I was a rich man, I'd have an LT. I think they are brilliant. I think they're amazing. And I think that was almost the culmination of the exciting McLaren journey. This positivity, this, as you say, this newcomer doing things better and in a different way to everyone else. And it was like, wow, like this, these guys have turned up and delivered an amazing car. Yeah. They do also still have issues, unfortunately. And again, we're going to elaborate on that too. Um, but, but with the LT, it's just a fantastic all rounder. The sports series, as I say, gave us the chance or gave me the chance to kind of get close to that. And I had the most unbelievable experience driving one for the first time at the launch. It was actually the 570 GT launch in Tenerife. Beautiful, amazing roads. There I am, a McLaren launch event, brand new supercars. And I was blown away because that was really my first time properly driving a McLaren. And I just thought, this is the best thing in the world. Drove the GT on one day and the next day drove a 570S. You considered the GT as well. I really considered the GT. We were close to buying the GT. Until I went around a corner and found out it has much less downforce. (laughs) And I nearly binned it at about 45 miles an hour on the launch. And I was like, oh, maybe not the GT. (laughs) (laughs) It's a much softer car. Uh, And as I said, I drove the 570S the next day and I was like, holy... I mean, just unbelievable. And I obsessed over it and I never thought actually that I was going to be able to stretch far enough. And of course I couldn't reach the 570S, but I did get a 540C. Um, And I would say almost instantly, I didn't regret the decision, but something was off. Having previously done F-Type and 4C and Audi TTS and all my previous cars, from the kind of minute I got in, I was like, yes. The 540, something was just a bit off. I, I collected it and it was a, little bit disappointing, but on my way home, I had my first electrical issue. I'd pulled over at a supermarket and I was sitting there and suddenly went, bah, bah, 
ESC fault return to dealer. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what the, I've just bought a car for 138,000 pounds. My first supercar delivery mileage. I'm freaking out. It's more money than I can ever afford to spend. And you're telling me it's broken. Yeah. So I just turned it off, turned it on again. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Happened three times more. I had to go back to the dealer. This is after four days after picking it up. So I'm like fuming. And that was kind of the start of the continuous electrical glitches, which I had with that car. And they were always minor, key not found, ESC fault, parking sensor fault, tire pressure monitor fault, whatever it might be, gearbox overheating. And we'll come back to that one in a second. But as I grew to understand the car a bit more, in and around town, dead. Just, I gave me nothing. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, I didn't enjoy driving around town. It stressed me out. When I was out on a country road, amazing. Like so quick, great, reminded me of the good things. But it had those electrical glitches. Yeah. And that took away from my experience. And I can't remember with the 570S, I feel like early days for you were quite positive. I don't remember you having that many issues straight away with your car. Uh, I, I didn't have huge amount of issues. I had, I had key not found, obviously. Of course. I um, had a radio and sat-nav issue as well. Um, and I also got locked. Oh yes, in one. Do you remember? Not your car, but another car. Another car. You're so right. So we got. So they'd given me a car um, because my car had gone in. I think I can't remember now. It either gone in or they'd just given me a car for the weekend to use. And I pulled up outside my house. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And um, I was having some building work done at the time and my best friend's a builder um, and he was doing some building work. So I pulled up to talk to him about something. And I went, right, see you later. So I'm going now. So I got in the car, started the car up, drove... Two feet, probably, cut out, dead, just completely dead. Door shut, um, just it just died. Yeah, so uh, went to open the door, couldn't open the door. 
press start. Nothing. Nothing. No, nothing. Gone. So um, I phoned McLaren. I said, uh, I, I can't get out of the car. I'm stuck in your car. I'm stuck in the car. That's our salesman's technique and, right there. And uh, they said, um, there's a manual door release. Pop the manual door release. You get out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. So I popped the manual door release. Uh, because there was no electrics or nothing, the window drops down a little bit for you to open the door. What wouldn't open? Didn't, Cause, oh, because it wouldn't wind, drop down. Because the window wouldn't drop down. So called back up and said, no, that don't work because, yeah, it's released the door, but it hasn't released the window. I, I still can't get out of the car. Now, imagine if I was on fire. Oh, my God. First of all. Yeah. So um, luckily I wasn't. And uh, so they said, uh, 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 oh, um, uh, we don't really know what to do. Um, uh, we'll get someone from Dawkins to call you. So anyway, this <laughs> chief engineer phones me up sure. and says, um, yeah, we've had this problem before. We, oh. think, we think we know what it <laughs> Always is. Always reassuring. Um, if you, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was hearing. If you want to get out the car, you're going to have to smash the window. And I said, sorry, what? what? And luckily my builder friend was the other side of the car. Obviously he was the other side of the door. So he's laughing at me, obviously, because I'm in this 170 grand car. Sure. I can't get out. Of course. And then, and then he says, uh, yeah, cover your eyes. You have to smash the window. Oh my <laughs> God. I know. And, and I said, uh, are you serious? And they said, yeah, you, you're not going to be able to get out. Like that's the only way you can get out. So my builder friend was pulling the door and I was pushing it. Anyway, the, the, the window popped yeah. and uh, I got out. The okay, alarm man. going off just went off for two hours until they come and collected it. The alarm was just going off outside my house. And uh, the car had to be completely repainted because of the glass shattered everywhere. Sure. And uh, it was a an earth fault that it was common. Sure. That why didn't they just fix it? Well, okay. So, and this is it really, right? It is, I think whenever we talk about McLaren problems, the majority of them, I would say, seem to come down to a quality control issue because they're little glitches, they're little oversights. Of course, there are cars that have caught fire, some very famously on social media. They're usually the bigger cars, the Senna's, the P1's, because people film them more. But plenty of other cars do catch fire as well from the rest of the range. Of course. But usually a lot of the problems are these small little annoying glitches which seem to be oversights from production level. You know, it's not gearboxes falling out while they do, but it's not gear. It's body panels coming apart. It's paint corrosion. It's electrical, just things that seem, it's like somebody's rushing these cars through the production line. And the biggest frustration I have, and the reason I've been vocal about my problems with McLaren or the fact that I've gone off them, is I feel like it's the biggest letdown, the biggest like injustice, because I actually still love the brand. I love the idea of the cars put me in a McLaren on a great road on a sunny day and that car is working. I love life. But almost every time that I've got close to that experience, something's gone wrong. Yeah, I've never been able to actually enjoy that moment it, apart from that very first launch event for the sports series. Yeah. And if I really think hard, there was probably something that happened on one of those two cars. I just don't remember. Yeah, And so... That's the thing that annoys me. It's like they've got these great products, these great brands, and they could have just absolutely dominated the space. And I, I, when they were making the LT, they were, I think. They, they had the P1, which we now need to come on to. They had the LT and it was like, wow. 
And then since then, they seem to have just been churning out cars, losing quality, losing production quality to the point where people are sending cars back. People are getting hurt in cars. Cars are burning down and the value is falling out of them because people are like, what are these things? Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I, I disagree with you as in they have a, they have a good product. They're a terrible brand because of the way they behave in terms of the, 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 their after sales, the cars they build. It's not acceptable for them to build or ask 250 grand for a car that's constantly causing problems and catching fire. Now, listen, we, we, we get people go in on us and say, well, they've only been around seven or eight years and, and, and other manufacturers' cars catch fire. True. Totally true. Absolutely. Porsche have had their runs, Lamborghinis have had their problems, but look how many cars they make and how many cars they've made down the years as a percentage of McLaren cars that go wrong to percentage of what they build. It's huge mm-hmm. compared to the rest. When when do you hear of um, Performantes or or four eight eights or all the all the competitors of them really breaking and and we both have first-hand knowledge of them cars i've driven all my cars really hard for long periods of time and whenever i go on a on a trip in europe and there's a mclaren there it always breaks it's never going to make the rest of the trip basically yeah Yeah, we had a 570 spider with us once that was driving down the road and just falling apart yeah. like, like part body parts body parts literally off, flinging off, off yeah. the car it was like a brand new car wasn't it's it it's a brand new car yeah, I mean it's not on mate but you say the brand you know you don't value the brand or you don't see the brand value do you not think their image you know what they represent their heritage their history and the look and the feel of the products is sort of not Apple-esque but like it has this great ideology what they're trying to achieve is fantastic the, the actual product itself, I think, like the 720S is an incredible car. Like yeah. you, There's no getting away from what it can achieve. The comfort, the performance, the lap times, everything. Yeah, it, it, It's just that we know it doesn't work all the time. The values fall out of them. They're trying to almost cover off too many bases and they're producing too many of them. But step away from that for a second I understand and I still think that they're a desirable product because of what they represent. I get why people go out and keep buying them. Well, I don't think they do keep buying them. I mean, well, that's the problem. I that, think yeah. I, 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 I don't think it's a thing, mate. I mean, I think normally, again, they're, I think they're a little bit like Aston Martin where you buy an Aston Martin or, or, or a McLaren once, you never buy another one. You know, when you, when you buy Ferraris or, or Porsches, that's all you buy. You're hooked for life. You're hooked, you're in. Mm. Because they, uh, okay, this is a whole nother subject and they're all making too many cars nowadays. But McLaren had such a good niche at the start of all this. They could have been, they could have been the best and they had an opportunity to be the best because fundamentally at the start, they made the best car. Okay, it was a bit soulless, but they could have engineered that in, essentially. But they, they, they messed it up by by trying to run before they could walk and and they've ruined what they had and the problem is with with people they don't forget mate people don't forget 
and, and and once you buy one and you have a bad experience, especially when you've bought the German cars or the Lamborghini, which is German now, essentially, with Italians being allowed to draw something on there or whatever. And, and even the Ferraris, I mean... Ferraris don't break anymore, really. I mean, you get they have the odd problem, but I'm in, sure they do. Yeah, yeah, but not 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 as prolific as, the as they used to, yeah. or, or they used to. They were they were terrible. Oh yeah, they, years ago, <laughs> they right? were terrible. Well, you own one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know firsthand. Actually, I don't because Touchwood, my 360, continues right. to be amazing. Yeah. but that's a large thanks to AV Engineering, who just take immaculate care of it. But no, you're right. Of all of the manufacturers today. I would point out McLaren every time at being the least reliable of the supercar For manufacturers. Sure. Second maybe to Koenigsegg, but anyway, that's a, and again, another topic. Yeah. Um, but but uh, I think I've been trying to come onto it for a while now. The P1 stands out to me as a separate entity and actually represents all the, all the hope that was McLaren because we've talked about LT and, and at that same time, the P1, and still to this day, I think... That is kind of like everything McLaren could have been because all of the sort of soulless, soullessness, yeah, soul, yeah, lack of soul, oh, uh, the, thank you, that some of the other models had. The P1 came along as this kind of snarling, blue flame emitting beast that looked impossible to tame, looked amazing on the road. Yeah. You saw there was fewer of them than the Laugh and the 918. They were kind of for the, the wacky, the colours were amazing. Everything about it, yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. went... Wow, if McLaren can make that and now they're making the LT, oh my God. Yeah. And I think still today, P1s are fetching big money and still desirable because they do stand out from the crowd. And if only McLaren had looked at that and gone, well, why has that worked for us? We've actually built fewer than Ferrari and Porsche and that car's doing really well. People are lusting after. It's different, it's exciting. Let's not do that. Let's build triple the amount of Ferrari and Porsche. Let's just keep making more models, more cars. Oh, why hasn't that worked for us? Why? Because I'm like, at what point did they go, let's ignore what's actually doing well for us, what's making us stand out, what's giving us our best chance at actually making a proper long-term success with this business and actually go down a completely different route. And obviously the result is shareholders, fundamentally. Yeah, they want their money back. People want their money back. Of course. And and I say, you know, not a successful route. And the reason that we can kind of say that is that unfortunately, McLaren are very vocal about the fact that they are in trouble. Yep. So we just found out literally in the last couple of days, they have received uh, a bit of funding from uh, the Bahrainis who are a big, big owner of- Again. McLaren. Well, yeah, you say again, so they got $150 million, I think it is. Uh, just two years ago, they had a $200 million investment. Um, now, it's a bit weird, this, because it's the McLaren Group, which obviously are three parts. You've got McLaren Automotive, which we're talking about a lot. There's McLaren Racing, which of course is the Formula One team. And is it Applied Technologies? Is that what they call the other? Or is that Williams that I'm thinking of? That's Advanced Technologies. Well, it's the sort of parts, the components for things that you never really think about. Mainly all in the racing side, but they build stuff for hospitals. They do they do lots. McLaren yeah, yeah, yeah. Applied Technologies. I'm pretty sure. Or, anyway, that's the third arm. So when the group is struggling. Obviously, the fact that the F1 team really hasn't been performing the last few years and has been losing sponsors plays a part of it. But as we're saying, automotive has been struggling because there are too many cars on the market not being sold and losing value. And, you know, a McLaren dealer will not buy a McLaren back. No. Well, well, they have to, mate, because they keep going wrong. Well, yes, but in terms of if you try and part X or trade in your McLaren, most McLaren dealers don't want to know. Yeah. You know, and, and that is a lack of confidence in their own brand and their own product. For sure. 
And so I think coronavirus has probably escalated an, an issue that was maybe bubbling under the surface. Well, that, that, that's prominent for quite a lot of companies for this coronavirus. But, but yeah, this virus has literally just accelerated. I, well, we knew that I said to you a couple of years ago that I think they're five years and they're in, you know, I don't need trouble or not be here because you, you cannot operate a business the way they're operating. You can, if you're selling fiestas and you're fooled and you sell tens of millions of them, but you, you're making a bespoke product. You can't sell tens of millions of them because that's not what it's about. Yeah. You're supposed to be special and exclusive and exclusive. Yeah. So what can McLaren do to pull it around? Obviously there are much cleverer people out there who will make those decisions. They'll be, you know, they are a huge group, as I say, a huge company, but I want them to succeed. I re- I, I genuinely want them to succeed, but I feel if they continue down the road that they're going now, it is a downward slope because I feel like consumers, customers are losing confidence. People are becoming aware of issues there's a slight confusion about the number of cars or where they all sit. Hey, we could say the same about Ferrari and we did in the Ferrari special. We did, so yeah. please yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. of us being biased here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what can they do to pull it around in your opinion? So I think, and talking, talking from personal experience. Yeah. Well, yeah, That's all but, like, yeah. But on a, but on a smaller scale, because all we're talking about is noughts here. That's all it is. The, the scenarios are the same. We're just talking about noughts. So I had a similar problem when we went to coronavirus what do we do and the art the art to making money and 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 having a good business is obviously keeping your overheads down so unfortunately mclaren are gonna if they're gonna stay afloat i think they've got to start again they're gonna have to throw a load of money at it the model that they have now doesn't work it's not a thing you you, you can't carry on like that and if they do they're they're, they're just not going to be here they're, they're going to go bust so they've got two options. They, they, they've got to cut what they're doing. So you cut your overheads. You, you stop making cars of the, the proportion. You, you change the way you do business, which again, which is what I've had to do, obviously, because I've had to adjust because of, because of the, the, the virus. So, and lots of businesses have had to adjust. McLaren do that or they go bust. Mm. That that's the simple answer. Yeah, I mean, I think from from my side, you said that you'd never buy another McLaren, but I think from my side, I would if I had confidence. For example, six hundred LT. I drove that car, the launch at the Hungara Ring, and thought it was unbelievable, night and day from a five seventy S, and holy crap, in another universe to my five forty C. And I was like, what a car. Like, and, and I would love, and I still got excited by the idea of going and ordering a 600LT and owning a 600LT. But it gives me the heebie-jeebies now because I would dread the ownership experience in case it went down that route of 540. And also what we haven't really touched upon is resale value because McLaren 600LTs now are cheaper than my 540C was when I bought it at 138 Correct. grand. You can go out and buy a 600 LT at 130 yeah, yeah. when they're what, 220 li- like list with options? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the resale value is awful and they are hard to get rid of. And so as an owner, it's not an enjoyable experience. You you buy this car, which as I say, it is brilliant. And, and this is 
horses for courses because when we talk about the fact that you know sometimes it can be a bit dull or a bit soulless some people love that they yeah, like yeah, the yeah. fact that it can be super usable and so, yeah. so I, I don't knock that side of it but if you get the glitches which i would say seven in ten cars probably have an issue from just the like speaking to people we know receiving emails and messages i would reckon seven out of ten mclarens have some kind of issue in their ownership life cycle and then you come and sell it and realize you've probably lost a hundred grand and no one wants it including mclaren themselves that's when you go oh i don't think i want to do this again yeah so from my side if mclaren really hunkered down on their quality control at factory so that the cars stopped having issues you just you never heard you know find the older cars whatever but Cars are coming out, people going, they work great. I've never had a problem on this 765LT. I've never had a problem on this Senna. I've never had a problem on whatever it might be. Then I'm going to start going, okay, maybe they're figuring this out. And also, as you say, slow down. Yeah, they've got like, to start again. Just, just be, yeah, start again or just slow down. I don't, I, I'm not against, you know, a million models because I think everyone's doing it. Porsche spread out into SUVs and now make a million different variations of cars. Same with Ferrari. Lambo, really the only people out there still making two models or three now with the Euros. But I just think they just need to make the cars a little bit more exclusive. Like back in the day when the LT came out and there were theoretically 500 coupes. You didn't see that. It was exciting when you saw it. Cool, an LT. Now, you see 720s every fourth car. Yeah. And they're just everywhere. And so they're less special. So for me, that's what would make me buy back into the brand. I can't begin to tell you how you would save a company financially because I think it's bigger than than just selling cars and ownership experiences. But I would buy another McLaren when I had confidence, you know, that it wasn't going to poop value, that it was going to work. And yeah, and I would have a 600LT. I'd have a 675LT. I wouldn't have a 765LT. It's just too much power, but... I think they've all got to. I'd have a P1. I'd have a P1. I'd have a P1. What What do you mean? If I won the Euro Millions, I'd have oh, a P1. if you won the Euro Millions. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm selling my 911 because I've <laughs> got no money left. But Well, well if you hang on a couple of months, you'd probably be able to buy a P1 for yeah. the same money. <laughs> <laughs> buy anything in a couple of months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, it's so it's so hard and for me, sad to talk about the brand in a negative way, because I do get excited. And if I was ever given the opportunity to jump in a new car at a McLaren launch, which unfortunately I don't think will happen anytime soon, um, I know I would love it. I know I'd go, this car's amazing because they'll make it work on the day that I'm driving. Yeah. And I'll go, this is brilliant. Like what a car. But I'll walk away going, I'm not going to buy one though because I'm too you know nervous. What's happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I kind of, I kind of, you know, as much as I, I won't buy another car, like I want, I, wa- I wanted them to succeed because English brand. You want them to make a nice car, and the fact they are a bit soulless, they are really fast. And I don't actually like the engine either. To be fair, like it's very laggy, and mm. if you're going to go technical in that respect, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of turbo. It's a lot of turbo, and and it's not particularly a great engine. And as well, which is their other problem, it's fundamentally the same engine from start to finish. What's this? I mean. Uh, this is really brutal and feel free to go in on me people but the 720s is essentially a 12c facelift <laughs> yeah yeah like, like i know like and mclaren no, will be is. really cross that i've said that because okay fine they've and hey look the f8 is essentially a 458 facelift i'm yeah, yeah, fine yeah. no yeah, yeah, yeah. no stress yeah yeah but yeah they've used so like that same engine block reworked a million times over that same carbon tub reworked a million times but that's over. they've got no money they can't. They can't. They can't afford to develop 
what they should be. You know, hey, if you find a formula that works, go with it. Like 12C, 6, you know, we've talked about how- But it doesn't work. Well, no, but it's like, <laughs> it's not. It's not worth. No, but the it? car. No, but the car is great. Like that's what. I, this is my big issue. This is why I can never be that definitive on whether I love or hate McLaren because the cars are great. They are. You can't deny that they are very good cars. And what they set out to We've achieve. We've just sat here for forty-five minutes, slagging them off, highlighting the fact they're not. Good no, cars. no, but okay, they're not good because they're not good cars to own. <laughs> No. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like they're so not good cars. Good, they? good to at, look at. Or at, I mean, at, at 0 to sixty times. Good. At going around a track very quickly for three laps. For three laps before they catch fire. Like for, that's not that's not even a that's joke. not even a joke. I mean, I've seen that. Yeah, or brakes clam up, whatever it might be. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> I don't know how to put it. It is that my phone ringing? No, sorry. I thought I was popping. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was the McLaren press office being like, shut this down. <laughs> I I stand by that the cars are good cars. They're just not good to own and they don't work. So they're, they're flawed. Not they're f- no, they're flawed. That's what it is. You, they're flawed. Let me tell you what I think. The Go idea's on. good. The cars are crap. No, they're not crap though. They are, That's mate. wrong. No, no, they don't work. Like, they're not oh, they're crap. crap. No, they're not. Okay, they're not crap because go back to Scotland when we were surrounded by 488s, Aventos, whatever, we both got out of our cars and we said, these are the two best cars here. We also both got out and both said, we really want 488s. We did actually. It's a yeah. very good point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had forgotten And I went and bought one. And then I got back in and my key wasn't found. <laughs> I couldn't start the car. But, but I don't, I know that we've gone down this path, both of us, of becoming slight McLaren haters. And I don't want to be that guy. And I'm trying to be fair and honest and there was a time when we loved those cars and I stand, but I still stand by and you don't have to agree with me, but I stand by that they are good cars fundamentally. They're just flawed and, and, and the quality control is appalling. The value, they're making too many, blah, blah, blah. But the actual car is a head to head battle with anything else. It's a good car. Okay. So, I, okay then. So the positive that I, I will take from it is that they're well engineered. Okay. But I, they're not a good car, mate. Because a, a car that you pay quarter of a million pound for that doesn't start is not good. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's not a fit. I mean, you can't yeah. do that. So if you had a friend come up to you now and said, I, you know, I've just got my Christmas bonus or I've made Euro millions or done whatever and I want to go out and buy a McLaren, what would you say to them? Defriend me. So, so I have people come up to me quite a lot and ask me about, should I buy this and should I buy that? Of course. And I do it with you daily, but you do it with me daily. Yeah. (laughs) And I always say to them, whatever you do, don't buy a McLaren or Aston. And I'm right. Because they're crap. (laughs) All right. Cocky McCocky pants. No, no, no. I'm just saying that, that, that there'll be people out there that love them. And actually... If I had to choose between the two, and I'm not really talking about Aston, I would have an Aston over a McLaren. That's how much I don't want a McLaren. Because at 75 grand these days, 570Ss seem a steal. Like what a theoretical car for 75 grand. But you would still say to somebody, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Buy an R8 V10 plus. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But it, but... Mm. Because it'll work. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm i with you. And I think I would probably give the same advice. But I'm also like, 
maybe you just need to experience that yourself because if you're one of the lucky people who get three out of the 10 cars that work, don't, you don't have a problem with them. You buy it at 75 grand or you buy a 720S at 135 grand and you can sell it a year later and only only lose 25 or 30. If you can sell it. If you can sell it. Like, like good on you. Like, what a car. Like, yeah. like, there are good stories out there. They do get it right sometimes. People do love their McLarens. People do have positive McLaren ownership experiences. But as Tony pointed out, that is the minor- minority and therefore... I agree. That would be my kind of advice. And it is my advice when people ask, you know, should I buy a 540C? Should I buy a 570 I'm like, look, just be aware they have a lot of problems. It's an unbelievable car for the money, performance-wise, but they have their problems. If you're willing to live through that and you're not too worried about resale, then yeah, crack on some. Uh, well, we haven't even spoke about after sales yet. I mean... Well, I was, I was spoiled there because of what I do online. Because of your platform, yeah. Yeah. And I was naive because I, I didn't realize I was getting VIP treatment. So I was like, everyone use McLaren Ascot. They're amazing. And then I found out that everyone had a miserable time because they could never get booked yeah, in. Yeah, I think there's a couple of them that are okay. The the centers, but again, the centers, are the, 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 the franchise dealers, they're let down by the brand, mate. Mm. So, you know, it's not always their fault, but... I mean, in the early days, they just didn't have the capacity. They were making all these cars and there was like four dealers in the country. Yeah, you so, could never get an appointment, could you? That was famously, you could never get your car booked in. Yeah, yeah. And you never get it booked in and it always broke. And it was 400 miles away from your house yeah, in the service centre. Yeah, 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 yeah. We really should have involved Shmi on here because I think his story is very interesting, having owned however many he's owned, five McLarens, I don't know what, uh, all of which slightly different, different experiences. I would have been fascinated to hear his side of the story. And maybe it's a chance to revisit this at some point because I know it's going to be a Would he tell it popular. though? Would he would he would he would he uh, tell the his experience? I'm sure he would. Like 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 he's good, Tim, like that. Like he, he's his videos are always very positive and upbeat for yeah. sure. Um but but he if you put him on the spot, he doesn't like he doesn't lie, yeah, he doesn't yeah, hide yeah. stuff. So if he's had problems and we asked him, have you had a problem with your car? I'm sure he would say. Yeah, yeah. Um but I think that's somebody who to goes against your statement of once you buy a McLaren, you don't buy another one. Yeah. There's a man that does okay. keep buying them. So, so there's clearly a reason and I would have loved to have had that insight. And as I say, I know lots of you out there, you know, will have positive stories about McLarens. We'll have been on your third or fourth McLaren. We'll love them. We'll go against everything we'd said. This is as always only ever our own personal view, but I do think we are in pretty good position to give these opinions. So I think so. Both being owners, you being in the dealership, I have driven, I tried to rack it up earlier, 12C, 570S, 570GT, 540C, 600LT, 675LT, 650S, Senna, P1. I 720S. Mean, 720S. I mean, I've, you know, we've, we've driven most of them, so we, yeah. we do have a pretty good grips, I think. But let us know, what are your thoughts? Are you wary of McLaren? Do you lust after McLaren? Had you heard about these problems? Is this the first time you've heard anything negative? I cannot believe that. But you know what? I can. There really? are a lot of people out there that still don't know. It's very much a thing that's spoken about amongst supercar owners, car buyers, blah, blah, blah. But mass public, I don't think it does get spoken about. The first time I think it became known that cars have issues was when Salamandrin Senna caught fire. And suddenly people went, oh, what? Because he was very vocal about the fact yeah. that, you know, it's, his wasn't the first. Yeah. So people started to go, oh, hold on a second. But I think a lot of people out there still think, oh, it's a great opportunity. And what a steal at X amount of money. Yeah. But that's the thing. They seem like great value for money. Yeah. Until you've got to live with it. Exactly. And it's not great value. 
Anyway, we got through that. I think we weren't that controversial. I mean, McLaren, if you're listening, as I say, I do still kind of love you. And as a Formula One team, amazing. You're brilliant. I do like the brand, but I just, I just, I've fallen out of love with your cars. And I think you've got problems that you need to address. And I think they know that. I think, I think they probably do know that. And I hope they don't hate us too much, but I do feel like maybe neither of us are getting invited on any McLaren events soon. Um, Thank God for that. Just a reminder, the Patreon has now launched. I say no pressure at all, but I'm just reminding you because we had so many amazing comments and, and feedback last week when we suggested doing one. Uh, and it would be great to have some more of you involved and, and taking part in the show, but also supporting us and allowing us to improve. Because, you know, we will. That's the thing. We, we, we can improve. We, we, of and course. we will. Always. Yeah, yeah. We're here to be better for you. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit subscribe, turn on notifications for future episodes. And if you're listening to us, make sure to keep following on whatever platform. Uh, follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales. Check out the stock that he's got in stock at the moment. It seems to be ever changing, flying so. in and out. Uh, but you can head over to gravelwoodcarsales.co.uk. Yeah, well, well done. done. Got there. Uh, and we will catch up with you very, very soon. Adios. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 